This is City Post Church. We're about three things. Build, equip, and send. All under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. A small church plant in Fort Worth, Texas. Who decided to do things a little differently. Adoramos a Jesucristo. I love City Post because of the people. It's where I belong. We truly preach the word. I love City Post because of the community we've been able to build. To do ministry like Jesus, for light to push back darkness. This is City Post Podcast. You guys have your Bibles. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to start off today with hearing from people from all different walks of life and stages of life. Um, And I asked them, I was like, can you just give like a short word, just something that say like, God, I'm thankful. And then it, um, you know, something Thanksgiving does is that it helps you to reflect on on the past year. It helps you kind of look back a little bit. And, and just kind of see all the great things that the Lord has done. Um, and then I started thinking about, well, Ricky, like, you know, like, what are you thankful for? As far, like, from a pastoral perspective, and of course, I could easily, you know, go, you know, the religious route, and like, I'm thankful for Jesus, I'm thankful for the people. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But there's, so, there's something so much deeper here that I want to look at, and um, it's going to be found in Acts chapter 2. Um, but before we dive into the text, I want to tell you guys a little bit about my Thanksgiving um, this, this, this last week. So we decided to have Thanksgiving at my house. And um, as you know, Rachel and I come from different backgrounds, different cultures. Uh, you know, she's an East Texas girl. I grew up in South Florida. And um, my family's Puerto Rican. Her family is East Texan. So... <laughs> We just have separate, like the way that we do things. Now, the way that my family works in Thanksgiving is that my dad will cook a turkey, and then my mom asks all the kids, like, hey, what do you guys want for Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day? So whatever you request uh, uh, magically appears at the kitchen. So for me, it's like I want some arroz con chalchita. I want some, like, stuff that my mom makes. Um, so you'll have turkey, and then you'll have, like, rice and beans and mac and cheese. It's like randomness at my household. Now, Rachel's, the way that they celebrate it is that there is a set menu of items because this is, this is what you eat. You eat Thanksgiving-type food. So you'll just have, like, cold turkey and then, like, like stuffing. Well, it's smoked, though. Stuffing and cranberry sauce, like the norm. Um, so when we had Thanksgiving at my house this week, I mean, there was about 15 things, like, in my kitchen. You had the turkey, but then you had, like, yuca, and then you had rice and beans, and then you had, not mashed potatoes, it was, like, our ground potatoes, and then, like, another mac and cheese, because they didn't communicate, and then you had, like, rolls, like, there was, like, just 15 items. We had Caesar salad. Like, what is Caesar salad on Thanksgiving? Like, it was, it was just the most random, like, I wish I had stovetop. Do anybody stovetop here? Just me, right? I love stovetop, man. Like, don't hate on it, right? You do. Oh, right? I know. We didn't have that, though. So, so we had, like, we had a plethora. We had, like, 15 things in my kitchen. And then we had, like, a dessert table. And because we didn't have space 
um, it was, everything was like stacked on top of each other. So we had all these desserts. We had all this stuff. I had, we had two types of coquito. So we had like one that my brother made, one that I made. One was spicy, one was not, you know what I'm saying? All right, and then, and then we had like all sorts of drinks. We, it was like a lot of stuff. So Thanksgiving looked a little bit different from my, my family compared to like Rachel's family. Um, you know, so regardless of what it looked like, whether we're in Fort Worth celebrating with my family or if I'm in East Texas celebrating her family, it's kind of what my mom says. It's not like really about the food. The purpose still stays the same. It's Thanksgiving. So we know that's going to be family food, football fun, and you're going to be full all day. Like you're going to eat. That's kind of what it is. So regardless of whether your Thanksgiving looks like Ryan's Buffet or Luby's, um, that was got <laughs> shout out to Ryan's. Y'all don't know about Ryan's. All right. Okay, I'm just saying, just testing it out there. Uh, Ryan's is a better golden corral. Right, so like regardless of what it looks like, the purpose is, is still the same. And I think for a lot of us, when we think about giving thanks to God, listen, regardless of if you only could see a little bit of God in your life or if you could see a lot of bit of God in your life, the, still, the purpose remains the same. And it is a thankfulness for who he is, that he remained faithful even when we're not. That we have the cross, the resurrection, salvation, the forgiveness of sins, all of this stuff. Like, thank God that he changed me and didn't leave me the same way that he found me. So we have, like, all these things to be thankful for regardless if you see a lot of God in your life or a little bit. The purpose remains the same, that we are to be thankful to him. So what I want to do is I just want to say five things that I, as a pastor, am thankful for when it comes to our church. And as I started jotting them down, I was like, man, this stuff like sounds familiar. So there's a passage in scripture that I want to look at. And, and then we're just going to like walk through this um, and then be done. So Acts chapter 2, verses uh, 42 through 47. It's a, it's a passage that many of us are extremely familiar with. But this is what the word of the Lord has to say, starting on verse 42. In Acts 2, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellow and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And Lord, I pray that as we dive into this text, Lord, that, that you teach us, Father, that you help me to teach this in its proper context. Lord, help me to uh, remember everything that was studied Lord, and I pray that you, um, we see Christ in all this. In your name we pray all these things. Amen. All right, so five quick things. So, what, so I started thinking, like, what am I thankful for? What do I have to thank God for, as far, especially when it comes to City Post Church? So we're going to dive in. Number one, go ahead and put the first point up there. So number one is, man, what I'm thankful for is our devotion, not just to each other, but to the word of the Lord. City Post, like, you guys are devoted to one another. 
We are devoted to God's word. But we also see this in, in, in uh, verse 42. Look what it says in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles, what? Teaching and to what? Fellowship. To the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So we know that as a church, we are not just coming in and out of here. We are devoted to one another. We live life together. We help each other out. But that word devoted means like a loyalty, a strong loyalty to one another. And how do we know it? See, it's, it's real easy for any church to say it. We could all say we do community well. We live life well. But what proves it? Prove it, it, it proving it is in the act. Like, you got to show it. Like, there's no forced community here. This is the expectation. The expectation is that there is a devotion to your brother and sister who's in Christ and to be a part of their lives, to, to love each other, to, to live life together. We're a part of each other's lives. We see this all the time. Now, as a church, we've had to make some difficult decisions on some folks. We've had to kind of confront some people because we have to protect the devotion that we have here. And the Bible definitely calls that out. He's like, man, beware of, of wolves and sheep's clothing. So we are devoted to each other, but we're also devoted to the word of the Lord. We, are, we stand firm on his word. We walk through scripture. We walk through texts together. And we will not weigh from that. So it might not be the most popular thing. It might not be the most sexy thing. But hey, it's what God has commanded us to do. And this is how the Lord works through the revelation of his word. Some people see the church as like la toxica. You guys know what I mean when I say that? Some of you ladies are like, hey, no, like, put your hand down. It's not a good thing. Not a good thing. See, there, there's, a, there's a term in our culture where we say, like, el toxico or la toxica. And what that refers to is that I am willing to have a relationship with this person, even though there's some things that that person does that hurts me. But because I like one or two good things about them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suffer through that pain so I can maintain that relationship. And many people see the church as la toxica, where we, we think that we have to go to church, but we will suffer through some things. And I'm here to tell you that is not the case. This is the bride of Christ. Jesus is the head of the church. And because Jesus is the head of the church, we see the characteristics of who he is through his people. So what characteristics? Loving, faithful, faithfulness, accepting, grace, merciful, Christ is the head of this church, and we will follow him. And because he's the head of this church and we're his bride, we're going to take on the spirit of Christ through the Holy Spirit. And that's where the devotion comes into. That's where the love for one another comes into. We will be devoted to one another. And if your mentality of the church is toxic, then you got the wrong view of the church. And you need to stop worshiping the church and start worshiping Christ. Because Jesus is not that way. Jesus is faithful. He's loving and he's true. So we are devoted to each other and we're devoted to his word. And I am so grateful and I am so thankful that that is what I've seen here. Number two 
is that we speak his name. We speak his name. I'm thankful that I'm a part of a church that speaks the name of Jesus. And a lot of you guys are thinking, well, Ricky, isn't that, that's not normal. So many churches will present themselves and they will say, we worship God. We love God. But, but they never mention the name of Jesus or Jesus Christ. We speak his name. Where do I get that? How do we know that we speak his name? Look at verse 43. It says it in the text. So verse 43 says, everyone who was filled with awe at the many wonder, everyone was filled in awe with, at many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Listen, there would not be any wonders or signs unless the name of Jesus is present. Life change happens, environment shift when Jesus, when his name is present. None of that stuff happens without the name of Jesus. Jesus tells us we pray in his name. So here at City Post, we speak his name, we learn about his name, we teach Jesus, we lead people to Jesus, we learn more of Jesus, we want to fall in love more with Jesus. Like my goal as a dad is for my kids to know and love Jesus Christ. Everything else is secondary. So I'm thankful that we're part of a church that knows Jesus and is not ashamed to speak his name. I love Philippians uh, chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. This is a text that many of us know. I'll go ahead and start in verse 5. It says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed... In the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God exalted him And bestowed on him, what? The name which is above every name, so that at his, of the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and those, um, yeah, of, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, Jesus. That name, there's something about that name. Like Jesus, God has given him that name. And everyone under earth and heaven will bow down to that name one more time or will bow down to that name again when he comes back. Whether you like it or not, you will bow. And that is exactly what we see here. So at his name, things happen. We've seen here at this church life change. We've seen hearts change. We've seen families change. And all of this is at the name of Jesus Christ. He's the one that makes it happen. He's the one that brings it all together. And I know that we live in a culture where everything is about equity and inclusion, and, and you got to be respectful to everything. And I've, I've experienced this at work the last couple of weeks. But the problem is that my identity is found in his name. So wherever I go, whatever I do, that name is coming with me. So whether you like it or not, Jesus is a part of this. And that has to be the attitude of this church. We are all about Christ. We, this is a Christ-centered, Christ-focused church. 
Whatever we do, Jesus is going to be a part of what we are. Then number three, I'm also thankful that we have a gospel grit with City Post. Y'all know we've had some humble beginnings. There's been some grind. There's been some days where we're like, man, like, man, like everybody's sick. What are we going to do? There's been some times where it's like, man, we've, we've faced some, some hard times, but we've all linked together and we have all pushed together. Why? Because there is a grittiness to City Post Church. There's a toughness here. Look at verse 44. 44 says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. You got to remember at this time in Acts chapter 2, like Saul was still around. He hasn't met Christ yet. Stephen has not been stoned yet. There was persecution in the midst, but yet they still met together in the temple courts. So regardless of everything that's happening around them, they did not care. They, they still met together. Why? Because they had the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you have grit and when you have the Holy Spirit, you mix all that together. You don't, you don't just link up with people with arms. You link up with hearts. So we don't just hold together as, as a church family. We hold together spiritually as well. So that means that if a brother of ours is, is struggling in a spiritual battle, we're not just going like, to push him out there and say, good luck. No, we're going to link together arm in arm, heart in heart, and we're going to fight for our brother. And we're going to fight for our sister. We don't, you don't just kill your wounded. So City Post has this grit that's attached to it. Where does this grit come from? The Holy Spirit. Listen, when you walk in Christ and you let the Holy Spirit live through you, there, there is this grit. There is a swag that you have. Like there's like the more the relationship um, with Christ gets, the stronger your faith, the less worry. Remember we talked about this, the less worry and anxiety and fear happens. You end up like kind of like with this bravado. Like you're just like, man, like I'm, I'm like bone crusher. I ain't never scared, right? Like, like you're just like, man, come on with it. And that comes from that grit. That comes from that, that Holy Spirit. That, like, man, I'm not scared of this stuff because of who's with us. So something I'm super thankful for is that this church has grit. And it's not just any grit. It's not just a toughness. It, it, it's a gospel grit. Like, we will do what God asks us to do regardless of what people say and do. We're going to figure it out. And we have. So thank you, God, that this church has a grit to it. And then number four, we're a church family. We're a family here. In verse 40, look at verse 45. I'm going to read verse 45 and verse 46. It says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Go to verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You see, the church, like what I love about our church is that we see each other as family, not acquaintances. You treat your employees different than you treat your family. You treat acquaintances different than you treat your family. You treat friends different than you meet, than you treat your, you treat el toxico, la toxica different, right, than family. All right, y'all are still with me. Cool. You treat family different. All of us in this room have that one family member that you just don't understand how y'all are related. 
Don't look at them. <laughs> we all have that one family member. They're usually like, why? How? How do you belong to us? What's missing? And that one family member, whether they get on your nerves, whether, whether you just can't stand them, they're still family. And if that family member needs something, I'm going to help them out. Why? Because they're my family. They're blood. And with all of us, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're family here. And we, we have each other's back, and we help each other out. Man, the early church, what do you need? Hey, you know what? I could go sell some of my furniture. Man, let me help you out. You need help with your bills? I got you. You hungry? I'm going to buy you some groceries. I've seen your, your tires are bald. Let me, go, let me go help you with that. Guys, this is normal. Fam- this is normal. This is what family does. We take care of one another. We are family. And I thank God that we see ourselves as family and not friends or acquaintances. And then the last thing is I thank God for the power of the gospel. Man, this is, this is huge for me. I thank God for the power of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God for all those who believe, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. This is where it is. This is the the power of God is the gospel. This is where the transformation happens. So as I was um, talking about Thanksgiving at my house, you know, there are some good things about having 1,500 items in your house. And I kind of understand why uh, my mom or dad would ask, like, hey, what is it that you want us to, to bring? So, and usually the stuff I ask my mom and dad for are stuff that, like, I've been eating for a long time, stuff that I love, stuff that, like, I remember as a child that I was like, man, I will not get this anywhere else unless my mom or grandma or my dad makes this. And for me, one of those items is what we call coquito, right? This is like Puerto Rican eggnog. Uh, I've always asked my mom to make me some coquito. Now I know how to kind of make it myself. It still don't taste the same, right? And I love this stuff. So let me, let me kind of show. So whenever we get together in the holidays or they ask me, I'm like, please give me some if you can make me some coquito, that would be wonderful. So what I've become now, sorry, just in case something spills. Um, so what I've become now is what I like to call a coquito connoisseur, right? <laughs> so whenever my brother makes some, um, you know, I'll judge it, right? So he'll come to the table. You know, he'll do the whole, like, I put Nutella in this. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. And then he'll, like, pour me a little bit, like, all uh, right, do the whole thing, ba-ba. Hold it, and then, you know, like, because it's coquito, I like to squirt it up. <sighs> you know, I, I feel like it's Goya, but it's like Coco Lopez. I can't decide. No, nah, it's Goya, right? So I know, like, the brands. I know all that stuff. And then you taste it. Mmm. Oh, that's smack, right? Like, like, it's just so good. It's just wonderful. Now, when I drink this... It doesn't just taste good to me. What it does, it takes me back. 
It takes me back to my childhood. It takes me back to my grandparents. It takes me back to, like, good times. Like, it reminds me of Florida and Puerto Rico. Like, there's so many good things that are tied to this that whenever they ask me, what do you want to drink, I'm like, I want some coquito to drink. Now, I can make this any time I want to, but there's something about the season. There's something about the coquito that, that I got to have. Because it's just like, oh, it, it, it takes me back. All of us have that food. All of us have that drink that takes us back to, like, better days, whether you want to admit it or not. That's why some of us still eat the same thing that we were eating, like, at seven years old. It's just good. And listen, when we talk about the, the power of the gospel, whatever menu you have in life, the gospel is the one thing that you need to always order. This is the one thing that must be present at everything in your life. And you got to take it and you got to evaluate it and you got to dig into it. You got to do the whole like, check out the legs, right? You got you to do all that stuff. You got to dig into the gospel every single time because this is the one thing that gives you hope. This is the one thing that gives you life. When you are down and out, when you are beat down, when life is not going well, you preach the gospel to yourself. The gospel is the one thing that will always sustain you. You must always have it. So when people ask you, like, what is it about your life? What do you need in life? You say, man, I need the gospel because this is what the only thing that I'm going to have. And as you dig into it, and as you take it in, and as you consume it, and as you read it, and as you hear it, the gospel's that one thing. It's not just going to take you back to like, yes, God saved me, but it's also going to take you to God has sustained me. He changed my heart. He changed my life. He got me through it. Man, you know what? Like last time it didn't work, but God got me through it, so he's going to do it again. You know, so man, like when we had that mission trip, man, I saw the weather change in India. You think anything else? You think like, like a, a passport is going to phase me now? No, because I've seen the power of God at work, and that's through the gospel. So don't you ever forget to be thankful for the gospel. You constantly feed it to yourself, dissect it, analyze it, be a connoisseur of it. Dig into the gospel. And it's going to change your life forever. The gospel must be on the menu at all times. So City Post, I am excited to see what brings us um, this next year that's coming up. I have no idea where we're going. I have no idea what's going to happen. But I do know that God's with us. And we have his word. And we have each other. And it's going to be good. I'm excited to see what's coming. Let me pray for us, and then we'll have a, a moment of worship. Then we have a few announcements. So, Father, we love you. We thank you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this, this time together. And, Lord, even when we're at a point or a moment in our lives where we feel that we've hit a roadblock, where we feel that, that we don't know what's next. Lord, we have the gospel. That's all we need. So Lord, help us to, to love it, 
Help us to dissect it. Help us to dig into it and help us to, to bring it up every single time we get a chance. So Jesus, we love you and we thank you because you are a faithful and a good God. And Lord, we give you thanks. In your name we pray all these things, amen. Let's worship together.